Hi, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Panella, and I'm so happy to have you here. I apologize if my voice is a little sexier, if it's a little raspier. I am in the thick of it with coaching lacrosse right now. I am the head coach for a high school women's lacrosse program here in Reno, and we're in the thick of it with season, with games, with practice. And you can just say that I am an enthusiastic coach. I am a yeller. You'll hear me from all the way across the field, what I'm saying very clearly. Not a bad yeller. I just love to cheer on my girls. And I'm just one of those coaches that is very verbal and loud. I'm not one of those coaches that kind of sits on the sideline and you know, watches it go down and maybe talks to the girls a little bit later. No, I'm, I'm in there in the moment. Like what's going on? What are we doing? Let's do this. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Like that's just who I am. And I've been coaching lacrosse for a few years now. And that's just the kind of coach I am. I can't help it. If my voice gets a little bit raspier and sexier, I may or may not be screaming into my pillow to make it even more raspier because I love when my voice drops a few octaves, I don't know. I can't help it. But coaching has been so, so good for my mental health to be able to be outside five to six days a week, two to three hours a day, coaching, doing what I love, and especially coaching high school girls. I mean, high school gals will humble you, but they are hilarious. I think they're all like my best friends. Like I just love them so much and it's just been a blast. It's been so good for my mental health. So if my voice cracks, if it gets even deeper in this episode, just bear with me. Okay. I'm not going to be changing it. I'm sure from the title, you can kind of guess what we are going to be chatting about today. We are going to be taking a deep dive into my birth control story. And for those of you who don't know, I have been off of hormonal birth control for two and a half years now, which is so crazy to think about. And I have opened up on all of my social media platforms about my birth control story. It is actually one of the videos on TikTok that completely changed my life when I posted it. It's still my most viewed video on TikTok and on any platform to this date. And I feel like when I posted that video a year and a half ago, over a year and a half ago, it changed my life. And it opened up a door of the internet where a conversation was not being held. It's being held now, but it was not before. Nobody was talking about birth control. Nobody was sharing their experience with it. And I'm not saying I'm a pioneer and I'm like one of the first. Uh, Of course, other people have, and I'm sure they've shared and gone into depth on their birth control story or their experience with it before me. But I do feel like the video that I posted really kind of changed some things. They kind of stirred some things up, some some good things, some bad things, some crazy things. And I refer to the fact that I am no longer on birth control a lot in my life. I reference kind of where I'm at in my cycle because I track my cycle. And 
I just kind of let that out. And I assume that like everybody knows that I'm off of birth control. So I wanted it to be one of the first episodes that we chat about. So you guys can really get to know me even more because this has been a huge part of the transition of my life from being a teenager to being a young woman has been the fact that I've gotten off of hormonal birth control. And it's just a huge part of me. So I not only want to share that, but also in future episodes, when I refer to the fact that I'm no longer on birth control or it comes up, I don't want you to be shocked and be like, what do you mean you're not on birth control? Like, give us the tea. What's the story? What do you mean you're not on birth control? Are you crazy? The answer to that is, well, yes, of course I'm crazy. But second of all, I I really do want to kind of take a deeper dive on my podcast and share my entire experience of it. So we're going to be getting into the start, um, the different forms of birth control I was on, my experience on it and getting off of it, what I do now to track my cycle and how I'm feeling now. Because I really feel like in the past couple months, I've really really feel like I've gotten down tracking my cycle and I feel so in tune with my body and I want to share all of that with you today. But before we get started, I of course, of course, I'm going to start off with saying I am not a doctor. I am not registered or certified in literally anything we are going to be talking about today. I'm a nobody. Take what I say with a literal grain of salt if you must. I am just going to be sharing with you my personal journey and experience with birth control. And this is based off of also research that I've done on my own. I have done countless hours of research from research studies to reading books about hormones and women's cycles to blog posts to everything on top of my own journey. I personally feel like the best way you learn anything is through your own experience. Like you can be taught all these different things, but if you don't experience it yourself and you can actually relate to it, I feel like you don't really learn. And I've learned a shit ton. And I also want to say that this is by no means encouraging anybody to get off birth control. This isn't demonizing birth control. I want to say if you're listening to this and you are on hormonal birth control and you thrive off of it, it makes you feel like a better version of you. You can't imagine your life without it. You love it. I love that so much for you, genuinely from the bottom of my heart. I wish birth control worked for me. I mean, of course, everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't be the person I am today or where I'm at today had I not made the decision to get off. But I wish it worked for me because it was convenient, right? Like it was convenient. It was trustworthy for me. And it was great when it was great until it wasn't. But I don't want you to feel like I'm demonizing it in any way because that is not my intention. My intention is purely just to share my story. All right. All right. Enough. Let's get into this. We are going to take it way back to freshman year of high school, 14-year-old Soph. This is when I decided to get on birth control. I feel like a lot of us have similar and different reasons on why we get on birth control. I feel like a lot of it is maybe acne, 
you've got a heavy flow, you have really bad cramps, your maybe mental health is not the best. Maybe you have some other conditions that are going on with you and your doctor when you were very young kind of turned to you and was like, well, why don't we put you on birth control? It'll clear your acne. It'll get rid of your migraines. It'll stop your flow. It will make you feel more normal, whatever it is. There's a million different reasons. But for me, it was because I have and had, but have a super heavy flow. It's hereditary. We all got it. A lot of us deal with it. But mine is so heavy that I'm anemic. I can't help it. Hot bitches have low iron. Hot bitches are anemic. Okay. It is what it is. But I had such a heavy flow that when it came time to my period, came around that time of the month, I couldn't do anything because I was bleeding so much. And I want to let you know, obviously, as you can tell, I'm very open. I'm very honest. We're going to get real. We're going to get raw. And I'm sharing literally everything. You guys know I'm an open book. So if you get a little grossed out, creeped out, I'm sorry. There's going to be no trigger warnings here, I don't think. But just know that I'm, I'm very open. Like We're, we're going to dig, dig very deep here. So 14-year-old Soph with the heavy flow wanted to do something about it absolutely hated it. So I decided to go to the doctors. My doctor was like, okay, well, we can put you on birth control. If you're comfortable with that, it will significantly reduce your flow. I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. I'm a freshman. This was also before, way before I was sexually active. This was the reason I got on birth control originally when I was 14. I got on the generic pill. I don't even know the name of it, but it was just the generic pill. I was really good about taking it and I loved it. I loved it. I never missed a day. My time of the day of taking it was 7 p.m. It was the perfect time and I loved it. I didn't personally gain any weight, didn't lose any weight. I didn't completely break out, but I also didn't completely like clear my skin. I just had normal puberty, womanly skin, like it was just whatever. I didn't really feel any different on it. It definitely helped my period a lot. My flow was way, way less than it was before, but nothing, there was no like crazy changes that happened to me. Like everything kind of felt the same, except for the fact that like I didn't have any cramping or migraines or a heavy flow. Like it worked amazing. I I loved it. So I was taking the pill all the way up until my freshman year of college, about halfway through my freshman year of college when I was 18, or I think I was 19 at this point, I had a period that lasted for like two to three weeks. I mean, I would not stop bleeding. This had never happened to me before. And I had blood clots coming out of me the size of golf balls, no joke. I was terrified. I was like, okay, something is not right. Like this isn't just a heavy flow. Like these blood clots are insane. I I have not stopped bleeding. I have really low energy. I'm exhausted. Like something's wrong. And I remember this so clearly. So this was a Sunday when I called my mom 
And I was like, mom, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I don't know what to do. She's like, why don't you try to like call the extended emergency line for your gynecologist? I'm like, okay. So I call that extended emergency line. I get on the phone with my gynecologist Sunday evening, bless his soul. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this is not right. Like, this is what's going on. And he basically was like, okay, you know, sometimes this is what he told me. He said, sometimes your body just adapts to certain birth controls, especially if you've been on the same one for a long period of time, your body just adapts, but you would be a perfect candidate for an IUD. Are you interested in getting an IUD? And I was like, what is an IUD? Like, what do you mean? Like, what the hell is an IUD? And he was basically like, it's something that we insert into your cervix. It's shaped like a T and it's 99.9% nine percent effective. I don't even know. It's 99.9 percent effective. Like most effective form of birth control. You probably will fully lose your period and you won't have to take a pill. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. You have me sold. Speak no further, doctor. You have me sold. I'm like, this sounds like a dream. Like, why didn't I get this earlier? So two days later, I fly back home because remember I'm at college. So I fly back home, still bleeding on my period. Also, if you are getting an IUD, highly suggest that you get it when you are on your period. It actually is a lot better because it's, this kind of sounds gross, but it's like lubricated down there, right? Because you're on your menses, you're having the red tide come in and it's just a lot easier. So I got mine when I was on my period and let me just sidebar here. If you've never gotten an IUD and you're maybe interested in it, just understand that it is a medical procedure and it's pretty fucking painful. And the fact that there's no local anesthesia or some type of something, I mean, literally anything that they could give us blows my mind. I know that it's kind of a conversation now. Some doctors on social media have kind of advocated for their patients to get some type of medication or something to ease the pain because it's painful. It it is painful. I luckily have a really high pain tolerance. And I feel like a lot of people are like, I have a really high pain tolerance. No, like I really do. I shattered my wrist in third grade and I went into, I, I didn't even go into the doctors for like a week later because my dad I hope he's listening to this episode, dad. I'll never let you live this down. But my dad thinks he like, you know, he, he diagnoses injuries, right? In the family. He's like, yeah, it's probably just a sprain. So I'm, I'm still running on it. I'm still using it. Like I'm thinking it's a sprain, whatever. And I end up falling on it again. And I'm like screaming, crying. I'm in so much pain. My dad takes me into, uh, the doctors. I get an x-ray. My doctor first asked me, she's like, you know, where's your pain on a scale of one to 10? I'm like, it's probably like a five or six. She takes an (laughs) x-ray. My wrist is shattered, like shattered. She's like, are you okay? Like you should be a pain level 10 to 20 right now. Like your, your wrist is completely shattered. And I also got a glow in the dark cast. Totally do not recommend that. I could not sleep at night because it lit up at night. Like what an idiot I was, but I was in third grade. Like I was like, I'm a glow in the dark cast. Like I'm really cool. Anyways, total sidebar. I have a really high pain tolerance circling back and that hurt. That hurt. I mean, that was painful. My, I'm not even going to go into details, but it was, it was painful. It was, it was painful. A lot of people have different experiences with it. A lot of people have 
you know, more pain, less pain, whatever. I was up walking out in a couple minutes and everybody's like, do you need to sit down? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. Like whatever it, it hurt, but I'm, I'm good to go. But yeah, just know that it's, it's not the most comfortable procedure. So I got the Mirena IUD, Miss Mirena. Oh, oh, her and I go way back and her and I have, we've got some beef, but let me tell you, Got the IUD, cramped a little bit for a week, kind of bled for another uh, two weeks. And then I literally did not get my period for two and a half years. Like it completely got rid of my period. And I also want to tell you that the first year and a half of my Mirena IUD was a dream. I loved it. I loved it. I was in college you know, freshman to sophomore year, I was partying, I was doing my thing. I didn't have to worry about taking a pill every single night. Like it's a hassle when you're in college and I loved it and it worked amazingly for me. And it worked when it worked, when it was great, it was great. And then it wasn't. So I started to get a lot of different bizarre health things going on. I was constantly having health issues for like a year and a half, two year time span. And at the time I did not know what it was from. I was convinced that something was wrong with my reproductive system. Truly. I got ultrasounds. I got blood work done. I got scans on my kidneys. I did pass a kidney stone in high school, 10 out of 10 do not recommend. Oh my God. I was peeing blood and I was like, yeah, this is not normal. Sis passed a kidney stone. Shout out to, to me. So I was figuring that it was something to do with my kidneys. Cause I'm like, I passed a kidney stone. Like I got an ultrasound. One of them is like a little bit smaller than the other. Not a really big deal. Nothing too alarming, you know, but just kind of watch out. So I was convinced I had something like internally wrong with my reproductive system at the time. I didn't know it was my birth control. So let's start from the beginning of where my health conditions and issues first started. So it started out when I first started getting reoccurring UTIs. If you don't know what a UTI is, I don't even want to tell you because I just hope you live your life without ever experiencing one of those. A UTI is a urinary tract infection. And it basically feels it feels like this, okay? You know when you have to pee and your bladder is full and you kind of get that burning sensation where it's like, oh, oh, wow, I really have to pee. It kind of burns internally. Then you go pee, you release it, you no longer have that burning sensation. You're following, right? A UTI feels like that burning sensation, but turn it up about 10,000 notches It feels like that sensation 24-7. You go to sit down on the toilet, no pee comes out, and it's this burning sensation down there. It feels like a hot burning iron going up your coosie. 
and you just sit there. I used to have to sit on the toilet for no joke, 20 to 30 minutes because I could not physically move. I was in so much pain. That burning sensation was horrible. Now, let me also, I probably should have said this before, but at the time I started to experience these health conditions, I was already six months into dating my now long-term boyfriend. So I was six months into dating Nash at this point. We've been dating for almost four and a half years now. So I was only with one partner. I am extremely hygienic. I pee after doing the nasty. I take vaginal probiotics. I take cranberry pills. I mean, I was on top of my health especially my reproductive health, especially after getting kidney stones and kind of having that, that, that little moment in high school, I just started taking a bunch of like stuff for my system down there to try to just help it even before I started dating Nash. So this is six months into dating him when I started experiencing all these health conditions. And also Nash is so hygienic. Like he is the most hygienic, clean person ever. I've ne- I'm not even kidding you guys. I have never smelt him have BO before. I don't know what it is, but he does not smell. He's disgusting, dripping in sweat from the gym, but he still smells good. I don't know what is like mixed with his DNA, but it's fucking legit. So I was getting reoccurring UTIs no matter how many probiotics, cranberry pills, which by the way, If you get reoccurring UTIs, cranberry pills are so awesome. I hated drinking cranberry juice. It had so much sugar in it. And I just like, it made me feel worse than better. So if you can find some really good cranberry pills, 10 out of 10 suggest those. So that was kind of the first thing. Reoccurring UTIs sucked, sucked donkey dong. The next health issue that I started to get, that is one that really fucked me up for a long time was reoccurring BV. If you don't know what BV is, BV is bacterial vaginosis. Now, basically what BV is, it's just an imbalance of pH in your downstairs area. It's nothing to be alarmed by. You don't have to be sexually active to get it. A lot of people do assume that BV is an STD or STI of some sort. It's not. You don't have to be sexually active to get BV. A lot though, and the reason that people kind of think it it is an STI or STD is because if you're with a long-term person and you get BV out of nowhere, sometimes it's linked to the fact that your partner has carried other bacteria from another person into your relationship, you know, so some people kind of find out that their partner is kind of being hanging around with other people. So some people kind of assume it's an STI or STD. Don't freak out if you get it. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, You can cure it very, very simply. But I started to get reoccurring BV. Now for me, the main symptom was the fact that my discharge which was a ton. I was having a ton of very liquidy discharge that would feel like I was peeing my pants. It was so much. I've never experienced anything like it in my life, but it smelt like fish. When I tell you that 
it was the most mortifying and humiliating experience to go through to constantly smell down there. It was horrible, you guys. It was horrible. So I'm thinking, okay, it's my body wash. Okay, we need to shower before and after we do the dirty. I need to be showering all the time. Like I felt just gross. I felt dirty. I thought it was a me issue, which technically like it was, but I thought it was just like my reproductive health down there. I never thought it was linked to my birth control. And this is what happened. This was the timeline. This happened for about seven to eight months. Okay. So I would get BV. I'd go to the doctors. They'd test me. They'd be like, yep, looks like you have BV. Here's your medication. You take it for seven days. Don't drink on any medication, but especially, oh my God, do not drink on BV medication. You will be projectile vomiting within 10 minutes. I'm not even kidding. So you take the medication, the antibiotics for 10 days, and then these antibiotics without fail every single time would give me a yeast infection, which happens to a lot of women, which taking antibiotics, any antibiotics can give you a yeast infection. It happens. It kind of throws things off down there when you take antibiotics. But this BV medication without fail every single time would get me a yeast infection. So then I'd have to pop down to CVS, get my seven-day monostat, do all of that, which taking monostat is what you can take to cure or help a yeast infection, which basically is like this little ointment egg in the shape of an egg that you put into kind of like a tampon applicator. You put it up into your coos every single night and then it you have to do it at night because you've got to sleep in it. If you stand up, it will be leaking out of you. So you do it every single night until the yeast infection, basically that medication kind of gets rid of the yeast infection. But you would leak the next day. I mean, you would literally be, sometimes I'd have the monostat be dripping down during my workout in the morning. Oh my God. So BV, get the BV medication. BV medication would give me a yeast infection. Then the yeast infection, (laughs) I would have to take monostat. And then once I was done with the monostat, the yeast infection was cleared. I would have one week, just one week, every single time that I would be fine. I wouldn't smell. And then after a week, the smell came back every single time. You guys, this went on for seven to eight months of my life. Now, this really fucked up my mental health. It took a huge toll on my relationship with Nash because I no longer felt comfortable with my body. And I also, for the life of me, could not understand why this was happening to me. I was taking different vitamins and supplements to try to help. I was like cleaning myself more than ever. I was I was trying to do the most. I was doing everything in my power that I possibly could and it would not stop. And I was so defeated. I was humiliated and I honestly I felt disgusting and I I felt really sad too because it was affecting my romantic relationship. With my boyfriend, I no longer felt comfortable with my body down there. And I no longer felt comfortable with him being close to me because I was constantly afraid of smelling because I did. It was horrible. 
The next thing that I had happen was an ovarian cyst that I had unaware of where it burst at 2.30 in the morning about two weeks into the quarantine. This was March of 2020 or maybe early April. It was like end of March 2020. Woke up at 2.30. Nash was sleeping over. We were at my house with my family and woke up at 2.30 with excruciating pain. I've passed a kidney stone and this pain was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. I was dry heaving because of how much pain I was in. I was hunched over. I could not stand up straight. It was horrible. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to the ER. I'm thinking it's a really bad gas bubble. I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, let me just lay on my side. It's a really bad gas bubble. Like, oh my God, it was not. I end up going to the emergency room. My phone was 10% battery. It was like the night that I decided not to charge my phone. And I'm in there. None of my family could be in there. I was completely alone in the ER at like three in the morning. And I got a bunch of tests done. And the doctor basically came back and said, like, there is no ovarian cyst on your ovaries right now, but there is a ton of fluid around it. Now, I can't fully confirm that you had an ovarian cyst because I can't physically see it from um, the test that we ran, but I'm going to tell you that I'm 99% sure that you had an ovarian cyst that burst. And I was like, oh my God, okay, like what is going to happen from here? He's like, just be really aware. Like, you may develop more. I'm not really sure, like whatever. So that sucked a lot of money in the emergency room later. It was like after insurance, a lot of money. Oh my God. Oh my God. So that happened, which was weird because I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on right now? ovarian cysts don't run in my family from my understanding. It's not like common for my family to have those. My mom, my sister, like we we didn't really deal with those. It was bizarre. One thing after another, it was not stopping. So fast forward to beginning of my senior year of college. This is November of 2020. This was when I decided to get off of hormonal birth control. And this is what was the cherry on top for me. And this was what was my final deciding factor to be like, okay, I need to make a change because I know something is not right. Something is wrong with me. And like, I need to make a change. Something needs to happen. So My deciding factor of getting off of hormonal birth control was the fact that I completely lost my sex drive. Libido was gone. And the reason that I knew that it was a me thing and it was not a relationship thing, okay, I am so... I am still four and a half years later so in love and infatuated with my boyfriend, and we have such, such great chemistry still. It's developed into a new type of chemistry because obviously four and a half years in, (laughs) you're past the honeymoon phase, but I 
still get giddy and anxious and excited and butterflies flying all over in my stomach. Like he still makes me feel a type of way after four and a half years. And the reason that I knew it wasn't like a relationship thing was because the fact that I didn't want to do anything to myself. Okay. I didn't want to have any alone time. I even tried to have alone time and I was numb. I was completely numb. I could not. I could not, you guys. I know you're picking up what I'm putting down. Okay. And that's when I'm like, okay, I know that I can always, always have alone time, no matter what, uh, any time of the day, any day of the week. I know you get it. We can always hang out with ourselves and then have some alone time. That's not a problem, okay? That's no problemo in that category. But I physically could not, you guys. I tried and I couldn't, okay? Moving on. That to me was my breaking point. On top of all of the health stuff that I had over a year and a half, two-year time span, to have this happen to me too, I was like, okay, this is not in my control. Something's wrong with me. I talked to my boyfriend and I was like, okay, listen, talk about having a tough, tough conversation with your significant other. I had to sit my boyfriend down and tell him that I completely lost my sex drive. I don't want to do anything with him. I don't want to do anything to myself. I feel completely numb. I told him I I don't feel like myself anymore. I feel like I am having an out of body experience. Like I felt like it was me versus my body and not me and my body. I was so out of sync and my body was so unpredictable that it caused so much anxiety cuz I'm like what what next? Like what's going to happen next? I don't know. And throughout this whole entire period you guys of my life, I never once thought it could be my birth control. So this brings me to how did I find out that my birth control was the sole reason that all of this was going on? So I had a mentee B. I had the tough conversation with my boyfriend. I told him this and that night, which by the way, let me tell you, my boyfriend is, I'm very, very fortunate. He has been so extremely supportive He never once took what I said personally. He was never like, oh, well, like, are you just not attracted to me anymore? Like, okay, well, I guess that, like, you don't want to be with me anymore. Like, he never made this a him issue. He knew that it wasn't his issue. He knew that this was something that I was struggling with. He saw me so unhappy and struggling and, and not knowing what to do. And he was so supportive. He's like, oh, my God. I just want to see you happy. Whatever you have to do is whatever you have to do. He's like, I'm here to support you. I'm I'm here for you. Like, let's let's get to the bottom of this and let's let's figure this out because I I know that you're still attracted to me. I know that like we are good in that sense, but I know that like this is out of your control. Like, let's get to the bottom of this. I'm I'm so I'm so fucking lucky that he was my rock through this whole entire thing. I mean, he he made this journey and experience very easy, even though it was extremely difficult, but he made it easy and he never made it about him. And for that, I am forever grateful. So after I have that mentee B, I 
had to find out what was going on. Now, I'm the type of person that if I don't understand something, I will get to the bottom of it right away. Like it has got to be solved and figured out right away. If I want something, I need it now. If I'm in a group project, I'm doing the whole goddamn thing. I don't trust anybody. I want it to be my work and my work only. Like I am that kind of person where like if I don't know what's going on or understand something, I'm doing as much research that I can to that I possibly can to figure it out. And I needed to get to the bottom of this. So I just pull up my Google one night. Nash is passed out asleep. And I type into the search bar, loss of sex drive, or like, why am I losing my sex drive? And one of the first things that popped up on Google was loss of sex drive being linked to birth control. It was this article, I think it was written by like Women's Health or something. And it was talking about how women are experiencing low libido and a loss of sex drive if they have been on birth control for a prolonged period of time. And I just kind of sat there and I'm like, wait a minute, that totally fucking makes sense. I have been on birth control for what? Oh my God, how old was I? 21. This was like seven years I've been on birth control for seven years. Like that's a long time. My entire teenage, young, adolescent life, I have been taking hormonal birth control. Like what is my life without it? I had no idea. And I basically went on a deep dive of this rabbit hole of loss of sex drive and birth control. And I looked up and searched Morena IUD loss of sex drive. And what I came across shocked me to my core, but also made me feel very relieved. And it made me feel like I was not crazy because I felt crazy, you guys. I had no control over my emotions. I felt sane. It made me feel sane. It made me feel heard. It made me feel so comforted because I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. I knew that something was wrong with me that was out of my control. I just knew it. I had this internal feeling. So what I came across was a lawsuit. Now, please do not take this out of context. You can search it up. You can search up Morena IUD lawsuit. I'm sure there's lawsuits with every single form of contraception out there. Okay, this is not news. But I came across a lawsuit with the Morena IUD. And this is what it said. It said women all across the country are dealing with different health conditions in relation to Mirena IUD. You want to know what those top two health conditions were? Ovarian cysts and reoccurring BV. When I read that, I'm not even joking, I literally started crying. 
because I was like, holy fuck, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It all came together. So that next day, I call my mom, which my mom and I are very, very close. She knows absolutely everything about me. She's like one of my best friends. I call my mom and I'm like, oh my God, mom, wait till you hear this. I spilled all the tea. I let her know everything. And I told her, I was like, I am getting this shit out as soon as possible. I called my gynecologist that day. I said, I want to get my Mirena IUD removed. They're like, okay, you can come in next week for an appointment. That next week I drive back home because again, I'm fresh or I'm a senior in college. I drive back home. I get my Mirena IUD removed and they just pop it out. It didn't really hurt. It was kind of like painful for a second, like a little pinch, but they basically just like pop that sucker out and then you're good to go. And my gynecologist was like, okay, do you want to, you know, do you want me to send in some pills, like some birth control pills to CVS so you can pick those up just in case? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Because at that point, I didn't fully decide that I wanted to get off of birth control yet. I just knew that I wanted my Mirena IUD out because that was linked to every single thing that I was going through. Now, with recurring BV and the reason it's linked to the Mirena IUD and sometimes other IUDs, I believe, is because you have, when you have an IUD, there's two strings that are attached to it that you should actually be able to feel. If you go up in there and you kind of feel around, you should be able to feel two strings or at least one. And with those strings, the BV would get attached to those strings. Even though it would mostly clear away, there would still be some like residual BV that would cling on to the IUD strings, which is why it kept coming back because it never fully went away. It was just attached to the strings. So it was just there. And it kept like coming back full throttle, even though maybe you wouldn't smell for like a week or two, it was still there. And then it would eventually, you know, fully come back. So I take the pills that I got again for two weeks, right after I got my IUD removed the next day, I start taking just the generic brand of pills. And when I tell you that I literally did not know who I was the hormonal shifts that I was experiencing of getting off a certain birth control to putting in and pumping a whole new birth form of birth control and hormones into my body. My body was so fucked up. I had meant I was crying every single day. I didn't feel like myself. I felt like I was fucking losing my mind. So I had yet another mentee B and I tell Nash, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I think I need to get off birth control. Like I need a break. I need to have no fucking synthetic hormones in my body. I cannot do this anymore. And Nash was fully supportive. He's like, do it. Absolutely do it. I just want to see you happy. Whatever works best for you. We'll figure out the rest later. Like get off of it. I call my mom. She said the same thing. So I was in the middle of my pack and I just threw it in the garbage, which don't do what I did. Please don't do that. Any gynecologist, doctor, anybody will tell you, finish out if you're on your pills, finish out the full pack before you decide to get off. Like, don't just throw it out. Like, don't do what I did, but I did it. I did it. I threw it out. And thus started my journey of being off of birth control. At the time that I got off of hormonal birth control, I'm 21. 
beginning of my senior year of college, I had no friends. I knew I had no friends. I don't have very many friends, but I should have finished that sentence. I had no friends that were off of birth control at the time. Every single person I knew was on birth control and they were doing just fine. And I didn't know anybody who wasn't on it. I didn't know anybody who had gotten off of it. And also this is like Gymshark influencer era where like Gymshark vital seamless leggings had just come out and like were all the rave. So influencing was still kind of taboo and TikTok was still kind of a majority of just dances. It wasn't as much of a vloggy lifestyle thing that it is now. So nobody was talking about it and no influencers from what I followed at the time talked about even their periods. Like they barely mentioned, like the only time they would mention anything would be like, oh, it's that time of the month, like super tired. And that was it. But nobody was like giving us the real raw story. So I had nobody to turn to or to listen to or to go to about this journey that I was going on. And honestly, looking back, I'm really happy that I didn't have anybody to like talk to about it. I was kind of happy that although it was very lonely, I am actually really happy that at the time birth control wasn't as much of a conversation. It was still taboo to talk about because I really got to experience everything so fully and to the absolute full extent when it happened for me. I wasn't thinking like, oh my God, I'm listening to this girl's podcast about her getting off of birth control. Like this is going to happen to me. Then this is going to happen. And what if this happens? Like kind of like getting anxious about what if that happened to me too. I had no idea what to do or what my life was going to be like being off birth control. But immediately when I got off of it, the next day, I felt completely relaxed because finally I could point blame to everything that I had been experiencing because for that long period of time, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't figure it out. And I told you, I'm the type of person that like, if something's wrong with me, if something's wrong with somebody else, if there's a puzzle, if there's a math equation, if there's a riddle, I have got to fucking figure it out. And I could not for the longest time. And I finally was so relieved because I could point blame and I could be like, it was because of you, Morena IUD, Miss Morena Queen. It It's your fault. You're the reason that I was experiencing everything that I experienced. I immediately, like I said, felt very relieved. I felt refreshed. I felt like, oh my God, (sighs) a breath of fresh air. However, internally and hormonally, I did not feel any different. I didn't feel any different and I didn't feel different for at least probably three months. Like you have to understand that when you get off of birth control, those hormones, even though you pop that IUD out or maybe you stop taking your pill, those hormones are still in your system. And it can take months for all of those hormones to fully cycle out and for you to fully cycle in your natural 
hormones because those are synthetic hormones. Those have got to get out of your system and cycle out. And that takes time. Like, it's not like next week you're going to be like, oh my God, like I'm off of birth control. I feel amazing now. Like mentally, you can say that because you're like, fuck yeah, like I'm not on birth control. I'm taking this shit into my own hands. Let's do this. But physically and hormonally, you're probably not going to feel any changes until at least maybe that three month mark. I also was like, okay, what am I going to do to prevent pregnancy? How are we going to get my sex drive back? Because the number one thing for me was getting my sex drive back. That was number one because that was the most shameful thing ever. It felt, I don't know if shameful is the right word. It was really embarrassing and it felt very defeating to just not have a sex drive because I'm like, I know that I have one. I know what it's like to have one. I've had one before. Like, why am I not feeling this right now? So that was like my number one priority was like to get that back. And on top of that was also to prevent pregnancy. Like, obviously, I am by no means and was not at the time wanting to be with child. I am still not even close to being ready to have a little baby. And I was like, okay, what the fuck do I do now that I'm off birth control? I what am I going to do? Like, how do I prevent pregnancy? Like birth control is the only way to prevent pregnancy. How am I going to do this? So I did my research and I came across natural family planning and tracking your cycle. And the first app that I used was flow. And I liked it at first. It worked. Um, well, it didn't really work that well, but I, I learned a lot. I was like, okay, so this is what tracking your cycle looks like. It had some educational like modules on the app. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I used it for like three or four months. Um, the first two, well, every single month it mispredicted my period because at the time I didn't know that you could track ovulation. I didn't even really know what ovulation was like I did, but I didn't. And it mispredicted my period so badly, like by weeks, like by literally like over a week. I was like, okay, this app does not work. And I gave it a few months because I was like, okay, month one, completely off. Month two, completely off. But like maybe it just needs to get a few cycles in there. No, it was completely off the entire time. And I'm like, okay, this is like not working for me. And then I came across natural cycles. My bestie boo, natural cycles. This is not sponsored, you guys. I love natural cycles. It has changed my life. Like that app has single-handedly changed my life. It it has prevented pregnancy for me for almost 2 years now. It has been amazing. And basically what Natural Cycles is is that it's the first FDA cleared birth control app in the United States. It's also CE marked in Europe, which is awesome. But basically what you do is you take your temperature every morning. They just came out with a Bluetooth thermometer, which is awesome. And I have an Aura Ring, which actually they paired with Aura Ring. The only reason I got Aura Ring was because of natural cycles. A lot of you guys ask me if it's worth it. If you have natural cycles, 11 out of 10 could not recommend more. Basically what I do every single morning is I'll wake up go into my natural cycles app right when I wake up. I will go to where you put in your temp and it'll have a little button where it'll say sync to aura. I'll click that. It'll pop open my aura app. 
the Aura app will sync my sleep and then it will sync my temperature automatically to natural cycles. It does take like two to three minutes to wait for the temperature to be uploaded, but you'll get a notification from natural cycles and it'll be like, hey, your temp's uploaded, check your fertility status for the day. So whether you have an Aura ring or you're taking your temperature, it's got to be a basal thermometer. And a basal thermometer is different than a regular thermometer because it measures two decimal points to the right. So it'll be 98.61. Instead of just a regular thermometer that's like 98.6, this measures two decimal points to the right. So you'll take your temperature every morning right when you wake up before you eat or drink anything, before you roll out of bed and stand up, take that temperature, you input it into the Natural Cycles app, and you'll get a daily fertility status, which looks like either a red day or a green day. You will start off with more red days. The more things that you upload into Natural Cycles, the more green days you will get and the more it will learn about your cycle. You can trust the green days. Now, green days mean you are not fertile and you are good to go. You can have unprotected willy-nilly and you will be fine. Take that how you will. You're fine. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. I know what you're going to ask. Yes, it's trustworthy. Yes, you can. Now, red days mean that you are more fertile And if you are to do some willy-nilly activities to use protection or abstain or do other things, there's a lot of other things that you can do. Like let's do, like let's throw it back to when you were young, pre-sex and you were doing all the different things. Like you can do all the different things. You don't have to you know, do the full thing. Although I I get it. I get it. Things get carried away, whatever. But if you have a red day, use protection. You're more fertile. You're more likely to get pregnant during that time. Now, sidebar, if you did not know, you can look this up for anybody who's like, no, you can't. You can get pregnant 24-7. You cannot get pregnant 24-7. Now, were we as young women kind of, we weren't taught that you can get pregnant 24-7, but why do I feel like low-key we were? It was like we came to this acceptance that like, oh my God, I'm on birth control. Like you can get pregnant 24-7 if I'm not on birth control. Like you can get pregnant anytime. It's like we all just like assumed that we can. And I'm going to tell you right now that you can't. I'm, I'm living proof. And also look, look at the research. Look at the research, sis. It, it's out there. You, you can't. The reason that you can't is because you can only get pregnant if you are fertile. And there's a fertile window that you have once a month. You ovulate once a month. You do not ovulate more than once. However, when you ovulate, you can drop more than one egg, which if you drop two eggs that one day or one time that you ovulate, those are twins. If that one egg you drop splits into two, that's twins. If three eggs drop down, if four eggs drop down and they all get fertilized, God bless your soul. But you cannot get pregnant 24-7. 
You can't. The research is out there. I, I promise you, I'm living proof. You can only get pregnant during your fertile window. Now, your fertile window is like a five to seven day period. This is average lengths. Some people's lengths, depending on your cycle, are longer, they're shorter. Maybe you ovulate on day X, maybe you ovulate on day Y, you may ovulate earlier, you may ovulate later. There's all different things depending on your personal cycle. So these are average days. You have about a five to seven day window that you are more fertile. You are fertile three days before your ovulation. Then you ovulate, which you are very fertile. That is the most fertile. If you are trying to get pregnant, absolutely do it that day. That is when you are most fertile. You ovulate, which means that egg drops and that egg drops waiting to be fertilized. If it's not fertilized 24 to sometimes 48 hours after, it just dissolves. So that's your full seven days. Three days before ovulation, you ovulate, still fertile. One to two days after, you're still fertile. And then the egg dissolves and thus you go into your luteal phase and thus you start your period. You're following. So those red days are during that fertile window. That's your little science lesson for today. I'm definitely going to be spending an entire episode breaking down your cycle, the four different phases, and all the different things because there is so much information to know whether you're on birth control or not. It is pertinent to know your cycle and what happens during all these different days. When you learn about the phases of your cycle, everything makes sense. I'm not even joking you. Those low, low energy levels that you feel right before or at the beginning of your period, those gym days that you go to where you are throwing up 25s for shoulder press, easily repping it out 10 to 12 reps last week, and this week you can barely get them up for one, those mean something. And that's just one part, one small, small thing that happens during your cycle. Like everything just makes sense. So don't worry, we'll spend a whole episode going diving deep into that. But I began tracking my cycle, natural cycles. Shout out to you. Absolutely love you. And I'm going to tell you now the things that I experienced getting off of birth control because I feel like this is a lot of people's fear is like, what is going to happen to my body when I get off of birth control? I'm going to start off with rapid firing this because I get these questions all the time. Like, I'm not even kidding you, at least one to five DMs a day asking about what happens when you get off of birth control. Now, this is just for me. This is just for me, okay? I did not gain or lose any weight. I did experience some hair thinning about three months in to getting off of birth control. My hair thinned out quite a bit. I feel like my hair now, two and a half years later, has finally restored back to its thickness. I'm on a hair growth journey right now. I have no extensions in. I've been really taking care of my scalp and my hair, and my hair's been growing like a weed. Whatever I've been doing has been working very, very well, but I feel like now it's finally just coming back to its normal hair that I had before. Like I had gorgeous hair, 
before birth control down to my butt. I got voted best hair in eighth grade. Okay. Like, I'm not kidding you. I'm taking that title to the grave. We will restore this hair, but I definitely had some hair thinning. I wouldn't say it wasn't hair loss where I had like balding and like, I didn't notice chunks coming out. That wasn't my issue. It was just like my hair up in a ponytail. The ends were just breaking off. It was so thin and it was just brittle. I'm like, what, what's happening? Like, I'm Polish and Italian. These are not my genes. Like my ancestors are rolling in their grave right now. Now I did have hormonal acne. I dealt with that for about a year until I decided to see a dermatologist, which my skin is completely cleared up now. I'll explain. I knew it was hormonal acne too. I mean like forehead, clear, nose, upper cheeks, completely clear. It was all over my jawline my chin and my mouth. Like it was just horrible. It was defeating. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my early 20s and I'm having a second round of puberty. Like, why am I breaking out so much? I'm a young woman. What is going on? And that took a long time for my body to kind of cycle through. Now, I did change up my diet. I did an elimination diet. I got my blood work done. I tested my hormones, which by the way, if you like get your hormones checked, I'm air quoting around that, you can. But the thing about your hormones is that it changes. So getting your hormones tested is not like, it can be helpful to find if you are super low or like super, super high in certain hormonal levels. But other than that, it's not like the most accurate because you can get your hormones tested one week and it will come up with a certain, like it'll come up with certain results. And then you get it tested the other week and your results will vary. It will change because your hormones are changing, right? So I did get my hormones tested. I got all different things checked out and everything came back normal. <laughs> the only thing that was so fucking low was my iron. But I mean, I can't help it that I'm still a hot bitch that's got low iron. I'm anemic. I can't help it. So that's when I decided. And I also changed up my skincare. I use clean detergent. I wash my bed sheets once a week, changed up my skincare. I did everything on my own and I'm like, okay, this is just not working. I need to see a dermatologist. I saw one. She prescribed me two topical prescriptions in October of 2022. So I'm still new with the prescriptions, but I can say a couple months, what is it, like five months later, my skin is so clear. Like my skin has never been this clear. It completely worked for me. I got clindamycin gel and Twinia, which is a prescription grade tretinoin. And it's also actually tretinoin and benzoyl peroxide. And that shit is strong. Oh my God. The tretinoin purge is insane. So I got it in October, purged pretty badly October and November of 2022 for the holiday season. And then December, January, my skin really, really started to clear up. And now my skin is so fucking clear. It's insane. Like I'm literally glowing. I can't help it. The only time I break out is during my ovulation, which is so funny because I don't even break out on my period anymore. And this is what tracking your cycle will do is that like 
your body just completely shocks you. Like everything that you thought you knew about your body and how women's bodies work that we thought we knew or that we were taught in school is like so not opposite, but like it's so not what I thought it was. So I break out a little bit when I ovulate. It's the same lower left side of my chin. It's the same exact area that comes back, but it's just one zit and that's it. That's all I deal with now. So my hormonal acne is completely cleared, which is awesome. And the only thing personally that worked for me is going to a dermatologist. My flow since getting off of birth control hasn't changed too much. Now, remember, I got off of the Mirena IUD. I got that out, I should say. And when I started the pills again for that two-week period, I got my period back my next cycle. I'm very lucky about that. I have a very regular flow. So tracking my cycle came very easily to me. I was getting my period pretty much the same week every month. I got my flow back. My flow is still heavy, but it's a little bit different than what it was prior to getting on of birth control. So now I don't really bleed for as long, but I bleed heavily for a day and a half. And then that's just kind of it. I kind of have like that residual bleeding a little bit, but it's only really heavy for a day and a half. I cramp kind of the week before the day before, the day of, it's pretty routine for me. So for me, I can't really speak too much on the fact that like my cycle is not regular because it is. Now, I know a lot of women deal with irregular cycles when getting off of birth control or they deal with not having a period for a prolonged period of time. I unfortunately don't have any advice for you on that because I never personally experienced that myself. The only thing that I would advise is that when you get off of hormonal birth control, definitely if you have access and resources to this, of course, I know that this is like not a thing that a lot of people are able to do or have access to. It's kind of like a luxury, I guess you could say. But if you can get your blood work done and get your hormones tested, I would definitely at least get like a full blood panel when you get off of hormonal birth control because then you can see where your levels are at and see if you're deficient in any vital vitamins that your body needs. Like, because if you find out that say you have low iron or your vitamin C is low or vitamin D is low or whatever, like then you can look over the results and be like, okay, I could start taking these supplements because all of that, if you have low levels of things in your body, that it's like a domino effect. It affects your hormones. It affects everything. And obviously you guys know that like your hormones affect your entire life. Like it affects your whole body. So if anything, I would suggest that, but I unfortunately don't have any advice or recommendations if you do have a inaccurate flow or cycle. Cause for me, it's been very accurate and I've been super lucky and thankful for that. Now that's kind of rapid fire of like the main questions that I do get. Now I just want to say this, reflecting on this chat today, reflecting on my entire birth control experience, I would not change it for the world. 
all of the highs, all of the lows. It has made me who I am today. It has strengthened my relationship with myself. It has strengthened my relationship with my boyfriend tenfold. I mean, we went on that journey together because although it is me and my body, my boyfriend is every single part of this journey as I was as well. Not only was he there to support me, but he also, this is just my personal opinion, has every right to ask questions and to be curious and to be let in on the know for this journey. I mean, this affects him too. And maybe some people might not like hearing that because of course, like it's about me and it's my decision at the end of the day, but he is my partner for, I know for life. And I know that this affects him just as much as it affects me. And if there's one piece of advice that I could give you that if you are in a serious relationship and you're thinking of getting off of hormonal birth control and you need to have that conversation with your significant other, make sure that their voice and their feelings are also heard and taken into consideration as well. Hopefully you receive that support. Now I'm speaking off of my experience with my boyfriend. Like I said, he was so extremely supportive, which is why it made me want to include him in this journey even more. Obviously, if your partner is like against it, if he's sure, if they're shitting on you or whatever and making you feel like shit, that's not okay. That is not okay. And you do what is best for you at that point, sis. You fucking take that control into your hands. It is your body. You do everything that you can to put yourself first and make sure that you are healed. Now, if you are in a very, not saying that you're not in a healthy relationship if you have to do that, but if you're in a healthy relationship, you find that your partner is supportive of this, let them in on this. Like this is a journey you guys get to experience together. Nash tracks my cycle with me. He knows where I'm at every single moment of my cycle. He knows when I'm ovulating. He knows when I'm in my luteal phase and I'm a crazy fucking bitch. He knows all of it. He knows when I'm on my period and I'm, I'm feeling like Garbo, like he's all in on it just as much as I am and, and include them in on that. Make them feel seen, make them feel heard, make them feel like they have every right to support you on this journey that you go on. On top of that, I want to say that I have never, ever felt more like a woman than I have at this point in my life. I'm I'm not going to lie. I feel pretty fucking awesome knowing that I have 100% control of my body. I have 100% control of my reproductive health and of my body. I feel like I have finally leveled out with all of my hormones. I finally really know my cycle to the point where like just by looking at the day of the week, I know where I'm at. I still track it every single day in natural cycles, but it's come second nature to me. It's in my routine. It's part of who I am. And I feel like a badass bitch. I won't lie. 
I feel amazing. Being able to take that power into my hands and have control over that has been the best experience. And I didn't even know any of that was possible too. I had no, and that wasn't my intention. My intention of getting off of birth control way back when wasn't like, I want to take control of my reproductive health, although I wish it was. It was, I need to get my fucking sex drive back. Okay, sis, because we we need to feel, we need to feel good again. Like we need that back as soon as possible. And it turned into this beautiful journey of discovering my body in ways that I never ever knew that I could. I have grown into my womanly body of growing from a size four, six to a size eight, ten. I feel so happy. I feel balanced. I feel healthy as fuck. I'm not anymore trying to be super shredded and lean and and an unhealthy version of myself. And I'm not saying that if I'm shredded and lean that I'm unhealthy. I'm not saying that if you are shredded and lean, you're unhealthy. I'm saying that if for the first time in my life, I feel balanced, I feel happy, I feel like my body has reached full homeostasis, and this is what my physical body looks like, if I've reached full balance basically on the inside and my body on the outside, like this is the physical form that my body is taking, reaching full balance, and I look this fucking good, I'm happy. Why would I want to change that? Like, why would I want to shred myself down? Like, I know that for me personally, that's just going to fuck up my hormones even more. Like, I've reached this whole epiphany. Like, that is what this whole journey has come to in conclusion with. And it's been, it's been incredible. And I may have missed some things. Hopefully I didn't. But that is my full birth control story. I hope that you don't feel a little scared after that. (laughs) I hope I didn't scare you off. But I just need to share that with you guys here on this podcast because it's a huge part of who I am It is a huge part of my life now, and I feel so grateful and safe to be able to share this story with this community that we've built and that we are building, and I love you guys for that. Thank you for being supportive. I know when it comes to sharing my birth control story that I do get lash back from it. I I do get a lot of people disagreeing with what I'm saying and I totally respect that. I I am all for having your own opinion and beliefs and thoughts and ways of life. I mean, that's how the world goes round. If you don't agree with anything I've said today or don't like it, I I totally appreciate that and I completely understand. I mean, we're all kind of on our own journey right now. And that's the beauty of it is that we are all on our own journey, going through our own experiences, doing our own thing. And that's what makes it beautiful. But that's all I've got for you guys. I'm starving. I've got cotton mouth. I'm like lightheaded because I've been talking so much. 
I need to get going. But if you listen to this full episode, thank you so, so much. I love you so much. Thank you for taking time out of your morning, day, evening, night, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I love you and I will talk to you soon.